remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today, we are going to explore the life and reign of a prominent figure in English history, Henry II. Born into a turbulent era, Henry ended up playing a significant role in shaping the medieval landscape of not just England, but also its territorial conquests and Europe as a whole. Henry II was born on March 5th of 1133 in Le Mans, France. He was the eldest son of Geoffrey Plantagenet the Count of Anjou, and Empress Matilda. His childhood had been marked and almost somewhat marred, you could say, by the turbulence of the times that he's going to be kind of raised in. And at a young age, Henry had experienced the chaos of a civil war that took place between his mother and his cousin Stephen of Blois. And this civil war was going to be fought for the control of the English throne. So, as a child, Henry was then sent, kind of out of this chaos, at least somewhat out of this chaos, to the court of William X, the Duke of Aquitaine, where he is going to receive kind of this diverse education and at least be able to have a somewhat normal childhood. He kind of grows up surrounded by troubadours, poets, and scholars, and this helps him to develop a love for literature, music, and the arts. He's also going to receive some training while there in chivalry, but warfare. And this is going to really prepare him for many of the challenges that are going to lay ahead. So, despite his noble upbringing, Henry's childhood was not without hardships. He is going to witness this struggle for power and these devastating consequences that war can bring. These experiences are going to kind of shape the determination that he is going to show and restore stability and bring order to the realm when he does eventually ascend to the throne. Accounts of Henry's youth show that he was a pretty intellectually curious kid, and he really had this thirst for knowledge. And this is going to kind of be evident throughout his life as he's going to surround himself with scholars and engage in debates and discussions that kind of help his understanding of theology, philosophy, and politics to all expand. This kind of intellectual foundation is going to serve him really well as he navigates the complexities of ruling a kingdom. So we're going to spend a second and kind of circle back to kind of how Henry is going to come to power and how his path to power is really one that has some difficulty. So he's going to grow up in the midst of a turbulent period known as the Anarchy in English history, which is taking place during the 12th century. And during this time, England is going to be embroiled with a succession crisis following the death of Henry's grandfather, 
King Henry I. So, as I had mentioned, the anarchy is going to be triggered by the death of King Henry of England in 1135. Now, Henry the Elder had designated his daughter, Matilda, Henry the Younger's mom, as his heir. But her cousin, Stephen of Blois, seized the throne, and this is going to end up leading to a civil war as Matilda and her supporters are going to then go and contest Stephen's claim that he is the rightful heir to the throne. So the conflict is going to result in a widespread unrest and just general kind of lawlessness throughout the country. Local nobles are going to take advantage of the power vacuum and engage in private warfare, seize castles, and try to establish their own territories. The central authority of the monarchy was just generally weakened, and England is going to then descend into a state of anarchy, hence the name, the anarchy. During all of this, Henry II had been sent then to the court of William X, Duke of Aquitaine. And William X was Matilda's half-brother and a powerful noble in southwestern France. Now, Henry's time in William X's care generally allowed him to gain these valuable experiences that are going to actually end up helping him down the line as a ruler. He's also going to establish some connections that are going to come into play later. So it's in this court that he really receives his diverse education that we had kind of mentioned. This is where he's surrounded by those troubadours, the poets, the scholars. He's surrounded by all this political thought. It's where Henry the second develops a love of literature, music, and the arts. And again, it's where he receives this training in chivalry and warfare that are going to prepare him for the challenges that are going to lay ahead when he is king. The anarchy had significant consequences for England, and it's going to bring about social and economic disruption, as well as widespread suffering for just the general population. The conflict between Matilda and Stephen eventually came to a resolution in 1153 with the treating of Wallingford, which is going to recognize Matilda's son, Henry Plantagenet, as Stephen's heir. The following year, Stephen died, and Henry became King Henry II, bringing an end to the anarchy. As Henry is going to enter his young adulthood, the political landscape of England and France is going to be rife with turmoil. In 1154, at the age of 21, he is going to become the ruler of the Angevin Empire, which is going to comprise of the vast territories that are England, Normandy, and other parts of France. So, being eager to assert his authority and consolidate his power, Henry is going to embark on a series of ambitious reforms. He kind of seeks to strengthen the central administration and restore the law and order that the time period had seemed to have lacked, or really truly did lack. 
and curb the power of these unruly barons who were going to try to take away from his authority. His reforms are going to aim to create a more efficient and equitable system of government, and this is going to earn him a reputation as a pretty capable ruler. So one of Henry's key priorities was to strengthen the central administration and kind of establish a more a efficient system of government. So to do this, he is going to appoint capable ministers and judges, one of these people being Thomas Beckett. And this is going to help to create a more unified and effective administration. Now, I mentioned Thomas Beckett because he's going to come into play a little bit later on. Another one of Henry's more significant achievements during his young adulthood was his marriage to Eleanor of Aquitaine. And she was one of the wealthiest and most influential women in Europe. There Union is going to bring Henry a lot of wealth and territory, but it's also going to kind of present, and she's going to present a kind of formidable partner who's going to also share some of his ambitions in some ways. Henry's efforts to reform the legal system were pretty notable, and he implemented the assize of Clarendon in 1166, this was a groundbreaking set of legal reforms that are going to kind of standardize the administration of justice throughout England. So they couldn't just make up, okay, you're getting X amount of years for X crime anymore. The Assize introduced these measures such as a grand jury and the use of sworn testimonies. And it's really going to come and lay the foundation for English common law, which will take place a few years later. So through these reforms, Henry is going to aim to establish a stronger royal authority and justice kind of for all of his subjects. However, his pursuit of this centralized power often is going to clash with the privileges and independence of both the nobility and the church. Now, Henry's relationship with the church is particularly important, and particularly it's going to come into play with someone that we mentioned before, Thomas Beckett, because it's going to become strained. And as the Archbishop of Canterbury, Beckett is going to staunchly defend the rights and privileges of the church against the encroachment of the power of the king. The tensions between Henry and Becket are going to be culminated in a dispute that is going to lead to Becket's murder in the Canterbury Cathedral in 1170. The shocking events are going to send kind of shockwaves throughout Europe and cast a shadow over Henry's reign, at least his early reign. So, despite the controversies, Henry II's reign was a period of cultural and intellectual flourishing. His court became a center of learning, attracting scholars, and fostering kind of this vibrant intellectual climate. 
Henry himself was known for his patronage of the arts and literature supporting renowned artists and promoting the development of different traditions, including the troubadour tradition. Furthermore, Henry's court was frequented by poets, scholars, and philosophers, contributing to the intellectual renaissance of the era. It was during this time that the great medieval historian William of Newburgh is going to chronicle the events of the time period, leaving behind some truly invaluable historical records. Henry II's military campaigns and diplomatic maneuvers left a lasting legacy on the political landscape of Europe. He engaged in conflicts with the Kingdom of Scotland, the Kingdom of France, and even embarked on a crusade to the Holy Land. Henry's military campaigns further expanded his domains, solidifying his position as a powerful ruler in Western Europe. The latter years of Henry II's reign were kind of marked by intense power struggles and conflicts within his own family. Despite his initial success in establishing the Avingian Empire, tensions arose between Henry and his sons as they are going to seek to assert their own authorities and gain greater control over their respective territories. Henry's sons are going to include Henry the Young King, Richard the Lionheart, and John Lackland. And each of them are going to challenge their father's rule, prompting a series of rebellions and bitter disputes. These conflicts not only strained the relationship between Henry and his sons, but also weakened the stability of the empire itself. In 1173, Henry faced a major rebellion known as the Great Revolt. This is going to be led by his sons and supported by his estranged queen, Eleanor. Now, the rebellion aimed to dethrone Henry and redistribute power among his sons. The revolt spread across England, Normandy, and other territories, posing a significant threat to Henry's reign. However, Henry displayed a strategic acumen and managed to suppress the rebellion, re-establishing his authority and securing his position as the king. The aftermath of the revolt saw Henry making strategic alliances and reconciling with some of his sons. He also kind of reorganized the territories to maintain a semblance of stability. Despite these challenges within his family, Henry's reign continued to be marked by significant political and diplomatic achievements. He negotiated treaties with foreign powers, including the Treaty of Falaise, which brought a temporary truce between England and France. These diplomatic efforts are going to be aimed to secure the borders of the Angevin Empire and consolidate Henry's authority. As Henry II is going to enter the twilight or the end of his reign, he is going to face mounting pressures and personal tragedies. One of the most significant events during this period 
was the untimely death of his beloved son and heir, Henry the Young King, in 1183. This loss was one that deeply affected Henry and further strained his relationships with his remaining sons. The strain on his family relationships was exacerbated by the ambitions and conflicts between Henry and his son Richard, who would later become known as Richard the Lionheart. Richard sought greater control over his territories and clashed with his father over issues of succession and power. These tensions foreshadowed the tumultuous events that would unfold in the years to come. In 1189, tragedy struck again when Henry's estranged queen, Eleanor of Aquitaine, passed away. Despite their turbulent relationship, Eleanor's death had a profound impact on Henry. She had been a formidable political figure and a key player in the power struggles within the Angevin Empire. Her absence is going to leave a void that is going to further weaken Henry's position. With the passing of Eleanor, Henry is going to face renewed challenges from his son Richard, who allied with the French king Philip II in a bid to really undermine his father's authority. This is going to also lead to a bitter conflict known as the Angevin Empire War, which spanned several years and further eroded Henry's control over his territories. As the conflict escalated, Henry II found himself facing not only external enemies, but also betrayal from within his own circle. His youngest son, John Lackland, sided with Richard and turned against his father. The once mighty Angevin Empire began to crumble under the weight of these internal divisions. Now, in 1189, while besieging a rebellious stronghold, Henry is going to fall gravely ill. It is said that he had become overcome with grief and exhaustion, and the weight of all of these different conflicts are taking a significant toll on his health. Henry realized that his reign was coming to an end and his dreams of kind of uniting the empire were truly slipping away from him. So as Henry is kind of realizing that his time is coming to an end, he is going to retreat to the Chateau Chenot in France. And on July 6th of 1189, at the age of 56, King Henry of England is going to pass away. Now, at the time of his death, he was suffering from a bleeding stomach ulcer that generally seemed to have been causing him a lot of pain and discomfort, but the exact cause of death is not known and it's believed that the ulcer combined with physical and emotional exhaustion really caused his end. Now, his death is going to mark the end of an era and the beginning of a new chapter in English history. Despite all the challenges and setbacks that he's faced during his years, Henry's reign left a lasting, important impact on England and its institutions. 
Henry II's legacy can be seen in the development of the English legal system, his administrative reforms, and his contributions to architecture and culture. While his empire may have fragmented, his influence on governance and law ended up shaping the course of English history for centuries to come. And that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode on Henry II of England, an important ruler who changed the English legal system. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of yet another remarkable individual who left a lasting mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.